Learn about the strides female entrepreneurs of color are making. Be inspired by their story and enlightened by their leadership insight and advice. Welcome back to another episode of When Hers United, the podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Walker, and I truly appreciate you listening in. This is season nine, episode seven, entitled Trust Yourself with Latrice Sampson Richards. Before we jump into the interview, I want to tell you more about me and When Hers United, the podcast. I believe that success leaves clues. And When Hers United, the podcast was created to give you the clues you need to succeed in business, mindset, personal development, and self-care. These are the four pillars we stand on here at When Hers United, which is why they are emphasized so we can all live a complete and fulfilled life, both personally as well as professionally. If it's not too much to ask, please go to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating, then write us a review. As a thank you, I'll be giving shout outs on future episodes to those that take a moment to do this. Now, without further ado, let's get into season nine, episode seven, entitled, Trust Yourself, with Latrice Sampson Richards. We're back with another amazing, winning woman of color entrepreneur, Latrice. Welcome. Hi, Nicole. Yes. So if you are a loyal listener, you have heard this beautiful voice. In the past, Latrice was the host of <laughs> Win Hers United, the podcast, back on season seven, episode one. And she interviewed me for our first episode under the new brand. But today I have the opportunity to interview her and introduce you all to her. We can get to know her, get all in her business. So I'm super excited because she has so many amazing things going on. But before we jump in, let me tell you more about Latrice. Latrice Sampson Richards is a mental and emotional wellness creative, licensed therapist, coach, speaker, and voice actor. Latrice is the host and producer of Stories All Around Us and serves as the lead event consultant for Afros and Audio Podcast Festival. She's also a freelance producer for Vanguard Podcast Network. And I'll add to that that Latrice is an all-around powerhouse in the <laughs> podcasting industry. Aw, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you are welcome. All right, so let's jump right in. So let's talk business. Talk to us about your latest project, Stories All Around Us, and what prompted you to go in this direction. Yes. Um, so Stories All Around Us is, listen, it has been a labor of love to say the very, very least. Stories All Around Us is the autobiography of the Black experience. And it is, again, on the Vanguard Podcast Network. I kind of look at stories as my kind of like my introduction to the industry as like a producer. It's my second podcast, but my first podcast, I was really learning how to podcast, you know, 
but I still think it was pretty good if I can say so myself, you know, but it was Unicorns Talk podcast. And that's what really laid that seed for me or laid the groundwork, I think is what I'm trying to say for like really making a decision to make podcasting a part of my everyday life. And so Stories All Around Us is a completely different format than what I did with Unicorns Talk podcast. But it is stretching me in a lot of ways. So it's a narrative storytelling podcast. Each episode, we have three storytellers who tell or share their stories and their perspective around a singular topic. And so it really just highlights the fact that we are not a monolith, you know, like people say that all the time. But this show really gives us the evidence of that because we have three a lot of times completely different perspectives on a singular topic. I've always believed that life is a shared journey. It's a shared experience. We have different experiences, different situations, different people, different players, but the journey itself is a shared journey. And so I'm always fascinated to hear people's stories, to hear about, I mean, I'm a therapist by trade, you know, I mean, Obviously, I like to hear about people's stories, you know, and so it it really has been just an amazing project for me to have an opportunity to listen to people from all different walks of life. I made sure that I chose topics that I was personally interested in because I feel like if I'm interested in it, then I, you know, other people would be interested in it also. And I hand selected each person, each storyteller. I hand selected and made sure that I chose people whose stories I wanted to hear, you know? And so it's been an amazing experience. The podcast is being very well received. We released our first two episodes uh, this week, actually. And, it, you know, we've been getting really good feedback on it. We actually had an opportunity to be featured on the Amazon Music podcast page under their Strong Female Voices playlist. So that was, you know, really cool. <laughs> um, and yeah, it's just, it's been a labor, but a labor of love. And I'm very proud of it. All right. I love that. I love that. And plug, plug, I will be coming up on one of the episodes. I don't know which number, right? But I'll be in there. So I'm excited about that and just excited about just your journey in podcasting. So like I have my script, right? Latrice doesn't know my script, but every now and again, I hear something that makes me want to go off the script. So as I was listening to you talk about just your journey in podcasting, right? How you started with Unicorns Talk and now you're doing stories all around us. Like what resonated with me was pivoting, right? So I kind of want to talk on that for a quick moment, you know, like what Gave you the desire to pivot? How did you handle the pivot? Because I feel like maybe it could be hard. It could be easy. You know, people are scared of it. They're excited about it. Can you talk on that for a minute? Yeah, I mean, you know, like I said, it's a completely different format than what I did before. But I am a podcast junkie. And so I listen to all different kinds of podcasts. And so there's a, a couple of different podcasts that I'm I'm really drawn to. And I kind of studied like those podcasts. So things like Hidden Brain. I love the format of Hidden Brain, This American Life, which who doesn't love This American Life? You know, I love that format as well. And so I kind of pulled pieces from all of the different shows that I love personally and that I've studied over the last few years to try to figure out, like, what, how do they do this? What are they doing here? And how can I 
incorporate that and make it my own and kind of give my own presentation of that thing. And so the pivot, I didn't even really think of it as a pivot. Honestly, I didn't think of it as a change in format until somebody pointed it out to me the other day, you know, that like, you know, shout out to Latrice for for making a change and having the courage to change formats. I didn't really think of it like that because these are the kinds of podcasts that I've always been drawn to. And so Mm. Unicorns Talk, it wasn't a conscious decision to do that style of podcast. It's just kind of how I started podcasting. It was my entry into podcast and just pick up the mic and start talking, which I think is how a lot of podcasters get started. You know, we just pick up the mic and we start talking, right? And so it wasn't a conscious decision to kind of change lanes or to pivot, but it is a pivot and it has stretched me in so many ways creatively, but then also as far as like my actual skill sets, like editing, because I edited everything, you know, for the podcast. I did, I produced, I edited, I did all of the sound design, like I did everything for the show. And so it stretched me and kind of pushed me to see what I really am capable of. And I had to, a lot of times, kind of fight back some insecurities and things and overcome a lot of insecurities around my skill sets because I just simply had never done those things. But I I was able to get them done and, and I feel like I did a really good job with them, you know, given the insecurities that I had. And so it has been a pivot and it's been a really powerful pivot for me because it has increased my confidence level, you know? Right, right. I love that. I love that. What you talked about when you first started as far as really taking the time to study and figure out what do I like, what don't I like, and what do I want to be my thing, right? Like, I love that. Like, that's something that I actually teach my clients. Like, listen to other people's podcasts because, like, full transparency, I didn't do that. I just jumped in head first and thank God, you know, it's been successful and well-received. But that's something that I learned along the way is that it's important to study the industry and figure out what you want by not recreating the will, you know, like, why do you have to create this thing from scratch when it's all these different examples that you can pull and gather from, right? I think it's amazing that you didn't realize you were pivoting. So it sounds like it was just moving in a flow, right? It really was. It was just really, you know, I talk all the time about honoring your process. That's something that I'm learning. And that's something that has really risen to the top for me in terms of like being something that is very important to me as I pursue podcasting as a viable career option and and a career choice. Now that has definitely been an intentional pivot in terms of moving like, you know, from mental health or moving from being a clinician, which I'm always going to be a clinician. It's just who I am. But like really looking at making a intentional career change from clinical work into podcasting, that has definitely been a pivot that has been very intentional. But when it comes to my creative process and things like that, I really just was honoring what felt good to me and what felt right to me. Like there was really no question about what the format was going to be. It just made sense to me that this is how this show needs to be put together. And I had the vision for it. 
and I could hear it. You know, I could hear it before I ever recorded any interviews. I knew what it sounded like. I knew what it was supposed to be. And so I just honored that. Right. I love it. I love it. So in addition to studying, don't be afraid to follow your gut and your instincts. Right. That's what I heard. So I think that is amazing advice. So like I said, you do other things besides podcasting. Right. So one of the things that I know you do is create courses and facilitate various webinars. I want you to talk to us a little bit about your process or the process you go through when you create this kind of content. Yeah, so I always lead with what is it that I want the audience to kind of get out of it? You know, whenever I'm creating a course, usually my course ideas come to me from a conversation that I'm having with some friends and, you know, something come up and I'm like, that's a good course. People need to know about that, you know, because like I said, I'm a therapist. And so I'm I'm never not a therapist. And I my friends are very clear that I'm not your therapist. You know, you need wow. to get you a therapist because, you know, I'll tell you quick, girl, that's something you need to talk to your therapist about. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> So I do have a very clean, clear boundaries around that with the people that are in my inner circle. But I'm always a therapist. I'm never not a therapist. It's just kind of like a part of who I am. And so when I'm talking to my friends, whether I'm talking about something that they're dealing with or I'm talking about something that I'm dealing with or we talking about a TV show or we talking about a podcast like There's always something that comes up and I'll say something or I'll, you know, say it a certain kind of way. And then I'll stop and I'm like, oh, girl, let me write that down. You know, I think that's something that people need to know about. That's something that not everybody understands. That's something that you should be taught, but that most of us are not taught. But we could benefit from having that knowledge or from having that information And so I'll write the idea down and then, you know, when I get an opportunity to flesh it out and then I do that. So my process always starts with the big picture idea of what is it that I want people to get out of this? What is the lesson that they need to get? And then I come back to it and I say, okay, how do I get them to this lesson? How do I get them to a point where this is what they actually receive? from this course or this webinar, whatever it is. And I always do an outline. I start with like a rough outline first where I'm just like, okay, you know, well, if if in order for them to get here, they need to know this, they need to know this, they need to know this. I kind of break it into pieces and things like that. Um, And then I flesh out those pieces and go a little deeper each time. So I go over it probably, you know, five or six times at before I get like a finished product. And that's just for the outline. And then I kind of, you know, sit it down for a couple of days and I come back to it with fresh eyes, which I think is very important. I come back to it with fresh eyes. And when I look at it again, I start making some edits. Like, does this really need to be here? Stuff like that. And then I just work on the, like if there's worksheets or something, I'll work on the worksheets. And I'll put together my slide deck and, you know, sometimes I'm making some edits there, things like that. But it always starts with what is the lesson? What is the thing that I want them to get out of here? And then how do I get them to that thing? Right. I like that. The first thing that 
came to me was, like you said, ideas come to you when you're having, you know, conversations just at any random moment, right? Mm -hmm. And what I believe from that was, I feel like a lot of times we may not realize the value in the things that we know the answer to, right? Like you think everybody, because you know the answer, everybody else knows the answer. Or, oh, this thing is so simple. Everyone knows this or it's not viable for me to teach on that or talk on that or help other people with that. Whereby just because it's something you know, just because it came to you, just because it's easy to you doesn't mean that it's easy to everyone else. And that could mm-hmm. be a thing that can be taught to other people. Right. Absolutely. So I just want to call that out. And then I love the lessons, like working on that lesson and then breaking down those steps. Cause I think sometimes we may get caught up in the steps and then you like, what are you leading to? Mm-hmm. Right. And you could end up going left when you were supposed to go right, you know, that yeah. kind of thing. So, and, you know, and I think sometimes we overthink things sometimes, you know, one of the things that I know to be true. And I think because of my clinical experience is that you just got to talk to people in regular plain English. You know, you just got to give it to people in a way that they can receive it. And so even when I'm making bullet points and things, it's like cut the fat. Cut the fat. Get to it. What is it that they need to know? What is it that you really need to communicate in order for them to understand? What stories from my own life can I pull in to illustrate these points? Because we learn through storytelling. You know, we learn through example. We learn through hearing about the experiences of others. So I'm, you know, I'm big on sharing my own personal experiences. I don't have any qualms about that. I mean, I do have boundaries. I don't share my whole, all my whole life story, you know, but if it is relevant, if it's relevant, which it has to be relevant, if it's not relevant, then why are you saying it? But if it is relevant, then I will share it because it helps people to, it kind of grounds the information that you're providing. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in trying to prove that we're a thought leader or we try to, you know, prove that we are an expert in the industry and all of that. It's like you don't have to do all of that. The way that people know that you have command over the information is if you're able to deliver that information in plain language, in language Mm. that they can understand. That's how they know you have command over that information. And so you don't have to dress it up so much. I dress it up like I'll put together a nice little slide deck, you know, I'm going to make my slide deck look real pretty. But the information itself is grounded information. I'm giving it to you in plain language so that you can understand it now. It makes it tangible now. And I think people really appreciate that because then it makes it something that I can put into action sooner rather than later. It makes it something that I can take this now and start actually having this make a difference in my life. And I think that's really what we want. We want to feel like we're getting some benefit, especially when we're investing in a course or investing in a webinar or, you know, trusting somebody to help us get through a difficult time in our lives, whether that's financial whether that's in business, if that's in our personal lives, self-help, whatever it is, I'm putting my trust in you that you're going to fill me with knowledge that is useful. And so you have a responsibility to give me that knowledge in a way that I can receive it. Right, right. Make it make sense. Make Make it make sense. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
All right. So I feel like in business, right? Like business is really a strong part of that is creating and fostering relationships. It's a very big part of growth, right? It's like you've successfully navigated this area in a lot of ways, right? You have valuable connections at Libsyn, at ABF Creative, at the Black Podcast Awards, at Afros and Audio, Black Podcasters Association, all of the places. So talk to us about how you do it and what advice you have for others in relation to relationships. Absolutely. Well, I mean, I just put myself out there and I ask for what it is that I need. You know, my mom always told me closed mouths don't get fed, you know, (laughs) and like that's really that's really what it comes down to. But I also think, you know, I'm always just me. I show up as me in any space that I'm in. There's never a room that I've been in that I didn't show up as me. And anybody that tells you otherwise, they're lying to you. You know what I'm saying? Like to experience me at any point in time is to experience me in my truest form. And I think that really bodes well because people have a difficult time trusting people when they don't know which version of you they're going to get at any given moment. So when you with this group of people, you this kind of person. But when you with that group of people, you this kind of person, you this other kind of person. You're not going to get that when you're interacting with me. I don't have time, nor do I have a desire to be anybody other than myself. I think I'm pretty freaking cool, you know? And so I show up as me in all spaces and I try to be as genuine as I can at all times, even if that's saying, hey, I don't like this. I don't like the way you did this. I don't like the way this made me feel. I don't appreciate this. Like even when, you know, it's time to have those difficult conversations, I'm willing to have those because I think because people know me to be authentic, they know that there's no malice involved in me saying, you know, this is an issue for me. This is a problem for me. And, you know, otherwise as well, like the reverse of that is true as well. When I say something is awesome, I'm not just out here all willy nilly saying, oh, this person is amazing. You should meet this person. So I have, you know, I tried to vet people. Like if I wouldn't mess with you, I'm not going to recommend you to mess with nobody that I know. And I think people trust that. And so that has allowed me to be able to make genuine connections, not just industry connections, but genuine connections with people where they feel like they can trust me. They feel like they know who I am because every interaction that they've had with me, I've been the same person every single time. And so that authenticity is extremely important when you're networking and when you're trying to build connections and building relationships. Because if I can't get a a hold on you, if I don't know who you are, listen, you can't come around me. You know, you can't come around me. I don't deal with that flip floppiness. I'm not that girl. I am not that girl at all. So I think that has been very helpful. And not only that, But also being able to back up my talk, you know, Um, I think one thing that I pride myself on that, you know, one of the biggest pieces of feedback that I receive from people in the industry and outside is when you say you're going to do something, you're going to do it. You know, like if Latrice says she's going to do this, you better believe she's going to do it. And if she can't do it, she's going to tell you why she can't do it. 
or she going to find somebody that can do it for you. And so I don't just be talking just to be talking. I don't say I can do something unless I feel confident that I can do it, even if it's something I've never done before. I like that. I like that. Yes. So speaking of stories, right, and relationships. So another full disclosure. So Latrice and I are friends in real life, right? Like in addition to her being a previous host of When Hers United, the podcast, we actually met at an event and I did exactly what Latrice said. I spoke (laughs) up, right? So (laughs) one of the tips that I do, because I like to compliment people, like I have So one of my characteristic traits is what they call woo, and it's called winning other people over, right? So I like to make people feel good. You know, I like to talk to people, but sometimes I can be shy. Like I got this mirage. I'm a, what they call it, ampervert. I'm the middle person, right? But anyway. (laughs) I have never heard of that, girl. I have never heard of that. It's not an extrovert or introvert. It's an ampervert. Yes, girl. girl, It's a whole thing. I probably ain't say it right, but look, look it up. All right. Oh, I'm going to look it up. I'm going to ask Google. (laughs) (laughs) So... I like to find something, you know, like to break the ice, right? Like, how do you break the ice with a person? So when I first heard Latrice talking, I'm like, oh, she's from New Orleans because my daughter (laughs) went to college in New Orleans, right? So I'm like, she has to be from New Orleans. So that was the way that I broke the ice. And it was at a one of the Afros and Audio podcast festival. It was actually at the pre-party. So I hit her and sent her a message and I'm like, are you from New Orleans? And that broke the ice, right? Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, I saw how professionally she handled herself as the lead event consultant, right? So I reached out to her later on to ask her to help with the first Win Hers United virtual summit. And from that, a relationship was born, right? And I've heard so many stories like that in relation to podcasting, but I feel like in relation to any business networking, going to school with people, like anything like that, right? Like you never know how the influential that person in the room can be in your future life unless mm-hmm. one of you break the ice, speak up, you know, be yourself, right? Mm-hmm. Latrice not a little crazy, right? But I think that's what she like about me, right? And, <laughs> it is. and see what happens, right? And see what happens. I agree. I agree. I mean, you never know. You know, I think that we're Sometimes you just get a feeling about somebody, you know, you just kind of feel like I feel like I want to know who this person is. or I feel like I want to introduce myself to this person. You just have to trust that gut instinct, you know, and sometimes it works out and sometimes it doesn't. You know, I've definitely had experiences where I thought that somebody was going to be like impactful in my life. And they did end up being impactful, just not in the ways that I thought that they were going to be impactful, you know. But those experiences, you know, were necessary and valid nonetheless. And so, you know, you have to kind of trust those instincts and trust those feelings and just put yourself out there and say, hey, you know, I'm trying to do this. I'm trying to do that. Or and I think. There's a difference between, you know, meeting somebody for the purpose of getting something out of them and meeting somebody for the purpose of wanting to know them and wanting to know who they are. You know, I've had definitely have had experiences where people want to know me. And the first thing out their mouth is, how can I get on your podcast? How can I do Mm. this? And how can I? And I'm like, girl, you first of all. It's obvious that you don't even listen to my podcast because what you, if you did, then you would know that what you're pitching me right now ain't got nothing to do with my podcast, you know? And so making sure that your connection, your putting yourself out there for a connection is genuine. 
Because when you are genuinely making connections, people will want to help you. Right, right. I love that. That's a gym. Look, I ain't going to follow that up. You can't follow that up. That's a mic drop, y'all. That's a mic drop. Now, let's talk mindset. So one of the things that I know you like to talk about is the healing power of podcasting, right? Talk to us about how podcasting has helped to heal your mindset or even could help to heal someone else's mindset. So for me, podcasting has definitely helped me to heal personally in a lot of different ways. So, you know, one of those ways is with uh, Unicorns Talk podcast, I had some episodes where I had a show planned, but I was going through something personally. And so when it came time to record, I was just like, look. I got stuff planned for today, but I just need to talk. Y'all going to listen because I just need to talk, you know, and it was an opportunity to just kind of talk about what was going on in my life and just to kind of get that out and to kind of think it through. You know, I, I think things through by talking, but I am very intentional and very selective about who I talk to about whatever it is that I'm dealing with. And this was before you know, I started working with my own therapist. I um, mean, so it was very cathartic for me to be able to just get on the mic and talk about issues that were bothering me or things that was happening in the world. Around that time, the Charlottesville Tiki Torch thing had happened where the guy ran his car into the protesters and stuff. And that really bothered me. And I was really struggling with that. I was having a really, really hard time about with that. And so I did an episode about the psychology of racism mm -hmm. and because it was something that I wanted to know more about. And so I did the research and I decided to do an episode on that. And so it was very helpful for me personally in terms of just being able to talk through things and to understand things differently. And then it also was very helpful for me, you know, creatively because growing up, I was always a creative person, always a creative person. I always kept a notebook, even though I didn't never have really journaled like that. But I always kept a notebook and I would write poems and I would write, you know, random little musings. And I would I'll always draw on things and, you know, just always been a creative person. But I never really felt like I could be creative. Like, I never really felt like I could really step into that because I was always just kind of made to feel like I was too much. You know, like, why you so this? Mm -hmm. Why you so loud? Why you so, yeah. you know? And so that, it always kind of caused me to second guess myself and to overthink, you know, the reality of who I am. And so I never really felt like I was able to explore that. And so when podcasting came along, it gave me freedom over my creativity. In podcasting, I could talk about whatever I wanted to talk about, however I wanted to talk about it. And so I started playing around with that. I did an episode based on Insecure, when the first season of Insecure, when Issa Rae had her Hoatian, <laughs> you know. I did a whole episode called Hoatian 101, you know, and that was something new for me. Mm -hmm. That was different for me. And it was kind of like a cross between, you know, it was that topic which was pulled from Insecure, 
But I also was kind of thinking about Bag Lady, Erica Badu's Bag Lady, and how she got, you know, you got right. your nickel bag lady, you got your, you know, street bag lady, and all of these different types of bag ladies. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to kind of apply that. So I did the different types of hoes, you know, because there's different types of hoes. You know what I'm saying? Not all hoes are created <laughs> equal. I mean, let's just be real. And so I did a whole episode about that. And so creatively, for me, creatively, that was so exciting. And it was just like, oh, my God, like I thought something up. I envisioned something. And then I was able to bring it to life. And I didn't have to get permission from nobody. I didn't have to ask nobody to help me with that. And it just kind of gave me this freedom to explore my creativity. I mean, that was very healing for me because I never felt like I ever really had that type of freedom. I mean, so it was liberating. It was liberating. I love that. I love that. So many gems, right? No wonder we're friends. Did you know I wrote poetry in the past, too? And like to draw, too. Listen, I'm learning stuff about my friend, y'all. I don't know how y'all, y'all got to know before I got to know. You know, we we learned at the same time. God, I keep a notebook. You know, I got a whole stack of notebooks. I keep a notebook. I keep a notebook. Listen, listen. Okay, so what I heard you say, and correct me if I'm wrong, right? But with podcasting and that freedom, it sounds to me like it changed the way you saw yourself. It did. Right. From having pictures of, you know, whatever other people may have said, you know, you were able to then see yourself in a new light. That's it super did. It is. And it, it was powerful. It is powerful because during that time, I was kind of going through my own kind of awakening, you know, and like right. really just intentionally being intentional about figuring out who I am, you know, figuring out who I want to be, like, who is it that I really am at my core and what parts of myself are really me and are mine and what parts of myself are who I felt like I had to be in order to please, you know, family or to please, quote unquote, friends, you know. And so it, it did allow me to explore myself. It allowed me to explore who I was creatively, which allowed me to explore what my values were, what topics I deemed important. You know, my connection, I think I started to really understand my connection to the Black community differently and how much I really have a love for my people. Like I always knew I love my people. You know, I'm a Black woman. I love being a Black woman. But It's deeper than that. Like, I want to be a part of helping my people to heal. I discovered a deeper understanding of that through podcasting and exploring my creativity in that way. I like that. I like that. And I feel like, like, you know, we're talking about podcasting, but I don't want to exclude anyone who it's like, okay, Nicole, I don't ever want to be a podcaster, right? (laughs) Well, if you're listening to this podcast, I hope you have some aspirations of being a businesswoman, you know, entrepreneur, or even having an entrepreneur spirit to where you're working somewhere, but it's just that spirit. I feel like it's a spirit of entrepreneurship to where you could be working for someone else and still handle your things as if, you know, with that entrepreneur spirit, right? And I say that to say, I feel like everything that you said in relation to just tapping into this lane this new lane allowed you just to see life differently, see things differently, like really create yourself in a different light. And I feel like opening any business, 
can allow you to do that, right? Because cause it's just a whole new thing. And, you know, and you're tapping into those aspects of yourself that you may never knew were there, right? And because you're in this new lane, it all unfolds the way it should. Mm-hmm. Love it. The early bird tickets for the second Winhurst United Virtual Summit will be free until the end of March. After March 31st, the tickets will no longer be free. The early bird special will be over. So go get your early bird special ticket today. Who wants to pay when you can get it for free? Go to winhersunited.com forward slash events to get your ticket today. And if you want to support the ongoing production of When Heard United, the podcast, your contributions are welcomed and appreciated. There are two ways that you can support via Cash App and via Buy Me a Coffee. The Cash App handle for When Heard United, the podcast is dollar sign When Heard United. And the Buy Me a Coffee URL is Buy Me a Coffee dot com forward slash Winhurst United. All of these links will be in the show notes. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember that no donation is too small. All right. So another thing that I know you like to talk about is emotions and entrepreneurship. So let's explore this concept more. Because uh, it totally relates to mindset. <laughs> well, I mean, entrepreneurship is an emotional journey. It just is. And that's it's one of those things that nobody tells you that. Like, I feel like a lot of the coaches out there that promote entrepreneurship, they do so from a lens of like, entrepreneurship is great. It's awesome. It's amazing. And if you're not an entrepreneur, then, you know, you're lazy. And you if you're not willing to lose sleep and never sleep again, you know, like then you lazy and you ain't hustling hard enough. And But it's like, this shit is hard. You know, it's hard. It is emotionally taxing. And I had that experience myself. I had that personal experience in, you know, I opened my first business back in 2012 where I opened a private practice, a therapy practice. And I worked my ass off for a year and a half, almost two years, and got to a point where I literally had to make a choice between buying tampons and paying my rent. Mm. That was a real decision that I had to make because if I buy these tampons, I ain't going to have enough to pay this rent. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, that's how real it was. And I had to close my office, and the decision to close my office was devastating for me. It was absolutely devastating because I have always been the kind of person that, you know, things come relatively easy for me or always have come relatively easy for me. I never had to try real hard to excel in anything. I'm not lazy by a long shot, but it did kind of make me a little lackadaisical Mm -hmm. and it made me comfortable. It made me comfortable because I never had to try that hard. And when it came to this practice, I put my everything. I had never worked that hard for nothing in my life. I'm talking about I worked hard to try to make that thing work and it just didn't. And I was devastated 
by that, you know? And I realized that it scarred me. It left a scar. It kind of jolted my confidence Mm -hmm. in my ability to do things. I started questioning, am I really as good as I thought I was? Am I really as smart as I thought I was? Am I really as capable as I thought I was? Because I ain't never worked this hard for nothing in my life and I ailed. I felt like a complete failure. And that was very difficult for me. And then when I tried to pull myself out of it to embark on my second business, I really struggled with that because now I'm living with the ghost of failures past, you know, Um, and that was just in my mind and I could not shake it. And I had a lot of doubts and things like that. And and it became really difficult for me. And what I realized over time, because I'm a very introspective person. And so when I'm feeling something, I try to understand what it is that I'm feeling. And so when I kind of went inward to try to understand that, I started coming up with all of these different emotions. It wasn't just fear. I was pissed off. Mm. I was angry with myself for not being able to accomplish that goal. I was disappointed in myself. I was embarrassed because Mm. my friends and family had all these high expectations. Like people think that I'm incapable of failure. And even though that's not anything that I have told them about myself, I never said I was incapable of failure. I still allowed them to put me on that pedestal. And there was some part of me that enjoyed being put on that pedestal, you know? And so I had to confront all of those different emotions. And then getting back in the saddle and trying to do something different, trying to learn like this digital world and how you build an online business, which is a whole beast in and of itself. I would come up against things that it's like you don't know that you don't know until you need to know. Right. And then you're like, wait, I don't know that. I don't know how to do this. I didn't even know I needed to know how to do this. Right. So then all of the progress that I felt like I was making now is at a standstill because now I got to go figure out this thing that I don't know. So now I'm disappointed in myself again. Why you should have known that? Why you didn't know that, you know? And so it was just like this up and down. I was scared to get excited about any of the progress that was being made because I knew it was just a matter of time before something else came along that I didn't know. And so it it was this cycle over and over and it was tiring. And so I was talking with a friend of mine, Jessica Jefferson, who's also a business person. And we were kind of having this conversation and I was like, you know, entrepreneurship is very emotional. And she was like, yeah, she was like, we should do a course on that. Or I think I said, I don't know who said it, but we decided to, you know, put together a course called Emotions and Entrepreneurship. I mean, just talked about like the root of the emotions that we experience. So anxiety, of course, anger, sadness, but then also jealousy and envy. Mm. You know, envy is a huge part of entrepreneurship and we don't like to talk about that. People always tell you, you know, stay in your lane, look, you just stay focused on what you got going on. But it's hard to do that when you feel like somebody who's not as qualified, somebody who's not as smart, somebody who's not as educated or not as this or not as that is doing way better than you. It's hard to not feel resentful about that, you know, especially when you 
doing everything that you can to try to make something successful. And so we decided to put together Emotions and Entrepreneurship, where we just helped entrepreneurs to really understand that what you're experiencing is a part of entrepreneurship. Because I believe that information is power. And when you have the information about things that nobody tells you about, then you can better prepare yourself. So when that emotion comes, you're not completely caught off guard by it. Yes, it's still going to be difficult, but you're not completely caught off guard about it because Trees told me that this was a part of entrepreneurship. So now I have a toolbox that I can go in to address that emotion so that I can get back focused, but I can acknowledge where I am right now in this moment instead of just trying to push through like nothing going on. Right, right. I love that. As I was listening, it made me think of a meme, right? Like, I speak meme. People that listen know, right? Everything reminds <laughs> Nicole. I do got time to see all the memes. I don't know. But a meme <laughs> always come up that relates. So this one was a one I saw a long time ago. And I think I may have saw different variations of it. So one where it was like what people think entrepreneurship looks like versus what it looks like, right? And what mm-hmm. they think it looks like is a diagonal line going from the bottom straight up to the top, right? Mm -hmm. And then the other image was actually a line that starts at the bottom. It goes up a little bit, it comes down, it do a squiggly line, circle, backwards, (laughs) forwards, up, down, up, down. You know, one day you think you got it, next day it's like, oh, this sucks. Next day you're like, oh, oh, I love this. This is perfect. Next day you're like, what was I thinking? You know, and, and that's what the meme showed the journey to look like, right? So that's what I thought of. When I was listening to you and also when I was listening to you, what came to my spirit was the word grace, you know, in this entrepreneurship journey, like one thing that we will need and need very often is to give ourselves grace, right? Because if it doesn't turn out the way that we want it to, if we find out something that we thought we should have known, right, then, then give yourself grace in that, right? And it'll help you to get over that hump you know, more smoother, so to say, right? That don't mean it ain't going to hurt to get over that hump, right? But mm-hmm. maybe it'll be a bit smoother if we give ourselves that grace. And you reminded me of an episode, I think it was season six with Donna Castillo. It's called You Don't Know What You Don't Know. Hey, and that is, right? That, you know, yeah. my daughter, she experienced that same thing with buying her first car mm-hmm. earlier this week. <laughs> right. So, yeah, and it's grace and it's a learning lesson. Right. Because when you learn it, then it's like, OK, well, now I know this. Right. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we need to be gentle with ourselves. And you have to be open to giving yourself grace. Like you have to be intentional about giving yourself grace because it took me a long time to like, you know, that failure when I had to close my office. I felt like a complete failure. It was one of the lowest points of my life. It really was. It was an extremely difficult decision for me to have to make to close that office. And and I felt like a failure for a while. And it took me a couple years before I could stop seeing it as a failure and really mm-hmm. start seeing it as a part of my journey. Because right. the reality is that I had to go through that. So in the process of opening my practice, trying to get the word out about my practice, I created a course, the first course right. I ever created trying to promote my practice. And I went to a networking event and this PR agent, a girl that was a PR agent, came up to me and she was like, I want to represent you. So I got a PR person out the deal. That was not a part of it. I didn't know that was going to happen. 
And from that, she got me a radio interview with a local radio station in New Orleans. And I went to the radio show to promote my course that I created to promote my business. And the young lady, the executive producer that interviewed me for that spot, after we finished, I was so nervous. Like first time on the radio, first time behind a microphone, I was so nervous. And after we finished, she said, have you ever thought about being in radio? And I was like, me? Like, I hated my voice. I hated my voice. And she was like, yeah. She was like, you have a really nice speaking voice. I was like, me? <laughs> you know, like me? And she was like, yes. She was like, I think like a lot of people would like to hear your voice. And from that, she kind of sold that seed. Three months later, I had my own radio show on a local channel. And that was the beginning of me moving into this podcasting space. And that radio show lasted, girl, 2.5 seconds. It ended very quickly of no fault of my own. It was just, you know, some foolishness. And so it ended very quickly. But it was enough to set me on this path. You know what I'm right. saying? So right. when years later, when somebody said, you ever heard Amanda Seals podcast? And I was like, what is a podcast? Like I had to Google what is a podcast? I had never heard of it until one of my friends asked me if I ever heard Amanda Seals podcast, Small Doses. And he was like, I think you could do something like that. And because I had that radio experience of producing a show and figuring out topics and, you know, getting comfortable behind the mic and stuff like that, it was an easier transition for me. And I was able to do it confidently because now I had confidence in my voice. Because right. a radio producer then told me that I got a nice voice. So now I have confidence in my voice. So I had to go through that experience. It was just a part of the journey to get me to where I am. But it took me a long time to come to that understanding. And I had to be intentional about trying to find another way to look at it. So, right. yes, give yourself grace, but also you have to be intentional about being open to grace, about giving yourself grace, because it's not going to come easy, especially when you're up against those negative emotions, you know? Right. Yeah. Well, Latrice, she said, look, didn't she say she always a therapist? Well, she <laughs> never was. She done gave us a whole look, a whole uh, session a day. All right. <laughs> Now, let's talk personal development. So this is a question because I be, look, because I'm all in your business, right? <laughs> I know some of your business. I mm -hmm. think this question is very appropriate, right? Okay. So I feel like there's a thin line between operating in excellence and perfectionism, right? <laughs> so <laughs> why are you laughing? <laughs> <laughs> So talk to us about how you navigate this terrain, right? Because I think this is something that we both share as to where we both respect operating in excellence, right? And I like to call myself a recovering perfectionist, right? And sometimes I'm recovering, sometimes I'm slipping backwards, back, forward, back. You know what I'm saying? So talk to us about your navigation in that area. Yeah, I don't necessarily see myself as a perfectionist. I'm going to be honest. I don't see myself as a perfectionist. 
because I do have limits, you know, like I understand. And I think that experience with my private practice and having to close my private practice, like it it really helped me to understand myself differently. But one thing that my my parents, specifically my mother, but my parents always really instilled in us is that as long as you have done your best, did you try as hard as you could try? Now, if you ain't tried as hard as you could try, then go on away from here with that. You know what I'm saying? But if you have tried as hard as you could try, sometimes a C plus is the best you can do. You know what I'm saying? And I really do believe that, you know, while most things come relatively easy to me, not everything does. There's a lot of things that I don't know how to do. And I'm aware that there's a lot of things that I don't know nothing about. It's a lot of things that's just not in my zone of genius. But I'll be damned if I ain't going to try. You know what I'm saying? But if I have tried as hard as I can try and I come to the realization that this just ain't for me, then I'm okay with walking away from it and or just saying, okay, this is as good as it gets. Like, I'm okay with with saying it's not going to be 100%. This is the best that this is my 100%. You know what I'm saying? So I don't see myself as a perfectionist, but I do have high standards for myself. I do expect more from me than the average person person, you know, might expect from themselves and from others. And I don't apologize for that. I don't apologize for that at all. No, I might not get to 100 all the time, but I'll be damned if I ain't going to try, you know. And I think that making that level of effort is what sets me apart from other people, because anybody could be a podcaster. Anybody could be a therapist. Anybody could create courses. Anybody could do any of the things that I do. I'm not the chosen one. You know what I'm saying? Anybody can do any of those things. But what makes me who I am is that they can't do it like me. Period. And that's just what it is. Like people, I remember when I first started doing my live streams and stuff. At one point in time, I was doing like three or four live streams a week, you know? And when I was first doing my live streams, people would be like, oh, you're the next Iyanla Van Zandt. And I'm like, no, I'm not the next nobody. I am the only Latrice Sampson Richards. You know, I'm not trying to be nobody else. I'm just trying to be me and I'm just trying to leave my mark on the world. I want to make sure that when people remember me, when people think about me, when my name comes up in the room, I want people to smile when they think about me, you know. Whether that's because the work that I've produced has impacted them positively or if a conversation that I've had with them has made them feel good or if it was a smile that I gave them in passing that warmed their heart or got them through a tough time, whatever it is. I'm not trying to be like nobody else. I'm just trying to be me. And I I just want to make sure that my legacy is one of positivity and that when people leave my presence, that their lives have been made better in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So I don't see myself as a perfectionist, but I do see myself as someone who is more capable than the average person. and. 
I know what I'm capable of. And actually, I'm still learning what I'm capable of because there's some things that I've done recently that I didn't think I was capable of, you know, and now I know that I am. And so I just want to find out how far I can go. I like that. And I feel like just listening to what you said tied back into that authenticity, right, and honoring yourself. Mm -hmm. And you actually made me wonder, right, is perfectionism rooted in comparison, right? Because we even, you know, had some conversations about comparison, right? Like, what are you basing your goal or thing on? You know, like whatever thing you're trying to get to, like, where is it coming from? I don't know if it's so much comparison, but I think it's a lot of shame. It's a lot of guilt. Okay. You know, it's a lot of expectations of others. I'm sure there is some comparison for certain people, but I think it's it's more about shame than anything. Look, Latrice done set us straight today. (laughs) Let's talk self-care. Listen, y'all, I'm going to tell y'all something because I love y'all, right? You know, me and Latrice is friends, but Latrice has serious boundaries because Latrice be busy, you know? (laughs) And I tell her, I be like, you work too much, right? So I feel like self-care is important for the entrepreneurial journey, right? Like, you shouldn't run yourself into a hole, right? Because then how are you going to show up the way that you need to show up, right? So... Talk to us about what your favorite self-care practice is and tell us why. Girl, I I could tell you what that is, hands down. My favorite self-care practice is doing shit. (laughs) Doing shit at all. I ain't trying to do shit at all. That is really, when it comes to self-care for me, that's what self-care looks like for me. Not doing shit, not answering the phone, not cooking, not cleaning, not even washing my ass sometimes. Every now and then, not often, you know, I'll be washing my ass. <laughs> you know, I do that. I do wash my ass. But sometimes I just want to not do shit. Sometimes I just need to shut it off and not do anything for an extended period of time. I catch up on my shows. I got some, you know, my guilty pleasure shows that I be watching. You know what I'm saying? I have a couple of shows that I watch every week. And so I know that I'm going to get at least those three or four hours every week to catch up on my shows, you know, and that's self-care for me. I don't cook on Fridays. My husband know it and all of his friends know it. One of his friends, he loves my cooking, you know, and so whenever he comes to the house, he always looking for a plate. And when he come on Fridays, I say, now, you know, I don't cook on Fridays. And he know he's like, oh, today, Friday. I forgot. I forgot. I don't cook on Fridays. You know, I take that time off and, you know, I keep a schedule also. And I'm very, I'm very serious about my schedule. Like, and you know, I don't give a lot of flexibility with my schedule because that's how I determine when I have time to take time off for myself. When you have your hands in so many different things, it's always something more that, like, I got stuff to do right now. I always have something to do. They're, like, don't ask me if I got something to do. Don't ask me if I'm busy. The answer is always yes. Tell me what you need. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Tell me what you need, and I'm going to tell you whether or not we can make that happen. But don't ask me if I'm busy, because, yes, I'm busy. I'm always busy. But I try to create boundaries where I can, because I still have a nine-to-five job. So I try to 
cut the nine and five off at five. You know, like that work is done when work is done. And then I always try to take a break so I can reset before I start working on my podcast and stuff. And again, I just honor, honor my body. I honor what my body is telling me that it needs. Sometimes I might have something planned to do. Maybe I got recordings or I need to edit or I need to create something. And if I'm not feeling it, I'm just not feeling it. But I, I can only do what I can do today. Everything else I have to wait until tomorrow. And I really do live by that. I can only do what I can do today. Everything else going to have to wait until tomorrow. And if it can't wait until tomorrow, I don't know what to tell you. It's going to have to. Right. That's just what it is. I love that. You made me think of right now I'm reading the book, The Power of Now. Mm -hmm. Right. And it really talks about how we need to live in this present moment because you can't do anything outside of this moment. Mm -mm. You know, like living in the past, living in the future, like all of that is. Did he call it insanity? I think in one sense or another, he called it basically insanity. It you is. know, so really focusing on your now mm -hmm. and, and what you can do at this present moment and not future tripping, not living in the past and how like doing that allows things to like fall in place as well. So I like mm -hmm. that. Because it always works out, you know, it, it always works out in the end. Me trying to force myself to do something when I'm not in the headspace to do it, that's not going to be fruitful for anybody because whatever I deliver to you is not going to be my best, you know, because I wasn't in the right headspace to do it. So it's in everybody's best interest for me to take a break. If I feel like I need to take a break, I'm going to get it to you. And when you get it, you're going to be blown away because that's who I am. You know, like that's just what I bring to the table. But you cannot impede on my process. You have to let me do my process. And I've tried working with people in the past who tried to micromanage my process. And I tell them straight up, well, this, this is not going to work. We're not going to be able to work together because my process is what my process is. And I'm not going to let nobody interrupt that, you know, because that's where my greatness lies. All right. Now, I heard a lot of gems in there as far as self-care practices, right? But I love the cutting ties, right? Because that's what I heard that last one is, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and cutting ties, I feel like, is a self-care practice, right? Mm -hmm. I, I like that. I like that. And it's not always that you have to cut ties completely, but sometimes you just have to cut some strings, you know? You got to rearrange mm -hmm. those ties. Like, you know, I'm not saying that we can't be friends. I'm not saying that we can't be collaborators on something. I'm saying that we can't do this. Mm, we can't, we're okay. not going to be able to do this. You see what I'm saying? Right. Like, and there, right. there are some times where I have to cut ties altogether, but I try not to burn bridges, you know, whenever I cannot burn bridges, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes it is unavoidable. Sometimes those bridges need to be set on fire and burnt up and ashes to ashes, you know, like Look. sometimes that needs to happen, but not as often as people think it needs to happen. You know, sometimes it just needs to be an adjustment of the boundaries. And so, you know, we still cool, but we can't work together. Right. I like yeah. that. Right. Because I feel like with me personally, like I'm getting better in this space you know as I grow as a person right but I'm the kind of person that had the scissors out all the time you did what <laughs> clip you know and <laughs> listen I cut you off before I blink not in yeah. a blink yeah before well because you never ended. know just like like how we were saying earlier you never know 
the role that somebody might play in your life. Because I've had people that I had to sever a working relationship with because I maintained the connection have actually gotten me, you know, into other things that Mm. I would not have had access to if it were not for that person, you know? There's a lot of different variations of the relationships that we have with people. And just because this variation or this form of the relationship didn't work doesn't mean that all forms are not going to work. We just have to find what type of relationship we're going to have. Sometimes that's not a working relationship. You know, right. sometimes it's just a friendship. Sometimes it's an acquaintanceship. Sometimes it's a mentorship or sometimes it really is kick rocks, you know, but it just sometimes takes a little bit of time to figure out what that relationship is. Right. As a bonus, let's talk celebrating wins. So tell us about your latest win and why it's important to you. I mentioned earlier that Stories All Around Us was featured on Amazon Music's podcast page for the Strong Female Voices playlist. And that was a huge win for me. It meant a lot to get the notification that because I found out about two weeks ago that they were going to feature me, but I couldn't say nothing until it actually happened. And so I just kind of been sitting on it, you know, all this time. But that was a huge win for me because Amazon Music is a big deal. And I feel like it's the first time that my work has been featured on a major platform in that way. And the reason that they chose to feature me is because they loved my work. Like they chose to feature me. They had a choice to, you know, feature me or to not feature me and they loved my work. And so they said, we're going to feature this person. And so it was kind of like a stamp of validation for the the work that I've put out there and also the work that I'm capable of. It was a huge honor for me. It, it really meant a lot, you know, and it's the first of hopefully many. I have high hopes when it comes to this podcasting thing. I really do want to be considered as one of the best. And so I'm not there yet. And and I understand that I'm not there yet. There's still so much that I, I have to learn. But it was nice to know that people who do this for a living, who decide what's good and what's not good for a living, felt like I was good enough for them to put their name behind it. You know, that meant a lot to me. It was a big deal. And I took a screenshot of it and everything, girl, I'm probably going to print it out and and put it on a poster on my wall or something. Like it was a big deal for me. It really was. Right. Yeah. Yes. You know, I'm all about celebrating those wins, however that celebration looks to you. So I love that idea. So Latrice, tell us what being a winner means to you. Being a winner means dancing to the beat of my own drum, you know? It's a freedom, I think, that's associated with being a winner, being somebody who makes a plan, somebody who goes after that plan, and somebody who accomplishes what they set out to do. I'm very big on intention. I'm very big on setting intentions, and I really do believe that setting intentions and communicating with the universe, it works. 
it works. And I know it works because I've experienced it in my own life. And so there's a freedom that comes with that understanding because then you start to understand that it doesn't matter what nobody else got to say about it. It doesn't matter what your experience in the past has been. If you set your intention and you make that, you follow that intention up with a plan and you take actionable steps toward that plan, there is literally nothing that you cannot do. It may not happen in the time frame that you thought it was going to happen, but it's going to happen. And that's, there's a freedom in that, that allows you to take risks. It allows you to take chances. It allows you to trust your gut, to trust what you know about yourself and to really, you know, operate in authenticity because it's mine because I say it's mine, you know, and that's, is very, it's a liberating experience. So that's what being a winner means to me. Yes, and we just going <laughs> to add to Teresa's belt that she's psychic as well, because my next question was, do you have any parting words or advice for us? But I feel like that intention thing wrapped it all up with a nice yeah. bow, right? So, yeah, yeah. and I mean, to... I would, the only cherry I would add is trust yourself, you know, trust mm-hmm. yourself. Your body is designed to protect itself. Period. Mm-hmm. Your body, if, if you try to hold your breath, you'll pass out before you die. You'll pass out before you die. And when you pass out, guess what you're going to do? Breathe. Because it's involuntary. You don't have a choice as to whether or not you're going to do it. So your body is designed to protect itself. And the same thing exists for everything else that's connected to you and your life. You will never steer yourself in the wrong direction. I'm not saying it ain't never going to hurt. It's going to hurt sometimes. But you will never steer yourself in the wrong direction. Trust yourself. That's the chair. So you can follow me on Instagram at Latrice Sampson Richards. You can head to my website, LatriceSampsonRichards.com. And Stories All Around Us is available everywhere you can stream. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeart. It's everywhere. If you can listen to a podcast on it, you can find my podcast on it. And so I would appreciate it if y'all would listen and let me know what you think. Leave a little review or whatever. Leave a little, you know, a little rating or whatever. Subscribe and all of that and show your support because this is my dream, you know. And so this is your way of supporting my dream. I really enjoyed this interview with Latrice and I hope you did as well. My takeaway was that there is freedom in being intentional. I can truly attest to this. And this is the reason why Winners United exists. What was your takeaway from this episode? Send me an email and let me know. My email is whenhersunited at gmail.com. You know, one of my models is sharing is caring. So I sure hope that you care to share. Also, don't forget to check out the show notes for this episode to read Latrice's full bio, get the cash app handle for whenhersunited, Get the direct link to my Buy Me a Coffee page. 
get the link to get your ticket to the Winners United Virtual Summit and much more. We'll be back in two weeks with another amazing winning woman of color entrepreneur. But until then, as always, be empowered and empower on. <laughs>